I'm Kevin Price. You're listening to the nationally syndicated Price of Business program. Marianne Fairmouth, she's a regular on the Price of Business Media Network, and we love having her on the program each week, bringing her insight, particularly from her book that uh, I consider revolutionary when it comes to recruiting. You can learn more about Marianne over at Fairmouth, that's F-A-R-E-M-O-U-T-H dot com. So if employers take the time to actually do some consulting and understand the unconscious preferences, I would say this would be a huge benefit and you would probably get your most important people to stay. There are opportunities for our work and careers everywhere, if you know where to look. That's easier said than done, especially in our fast-paced and constantly changing world. Marianne Fairmouth is talking to experts, employers, and job seekers to bring you insight and understanding about what's possible. This is Career Can Do, where we're navigating the new work world. Welcome to the Career Can Do podcast, a top global podcast dedicated to helping you navigate the new work world. My name is Marianne Fairmouth, and I'll be your host for this episode. Today, I am just delighted to have a guest on our show that is a master trainer of the mind. Alex Morgan from Athens, Greece, is dedicated to helping people become the very best version of who they are. Interesting that Greece is the birthplace of Western civilization, but also has a deep root with famous philosophers such as Aristotle, Socrates, and Plato. Alex is doing some amazing things for people out there these days. He's tapping into areas that I think are really important. He's a certified professional hypnotist, and his latest book, The Transformative Power of Suggestion, teaches you how to tap into the creative part of your mind. So, after that incredibly long introduction, Help me welcome Alex Morgan. Alex, say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for having me, Marianne. It's a pleasure. Well, we're just thrilled to have you here. You know, I've been to Greece. It's a wonderful place. I love the museum there. But tell our listeners out there how you got into what you do and tell us a little bit about this great book. How I got into it, I was going through some of my own problems and I needed to find something within myself to really motivate me and change the way that I think. Luckily, people around me, they recommended, hey, go to a training in hypnosis, really work with your mind. Because when you put effort in your mind, I believe you won't have to put as much effort actually on the outside. So I went there to fix my own problems. I had some financial problems and relationships and things like that. So that's how I got into it was to help myself. Well, that's wonderful. What a better trainer or a person to be aligned with and someone who's actually benefited from the process. So I think that's great. And I agree with you. So much of what we deal with, Alex, is really all subconscious and starts with our mind. It all starts with me inside, not outside. It starts with the inside. And I think if we can get that in a better place, then I think the other benefits to the outside manifestations will follow. Do you agree? Yeah, I totally agree with that because everything begins as a thought. The chair that I'm sitting in at some point, someone, they thought of this in their mind and created this. Everything around us 
was created by a thought, and then we get that good feeling attached to it, and we finally go for it. So this can apply to pretty much anything, and especially to what you talk about on this podcast. Yeah, because I think when we're in alignment with who we are and become our best selves, then we can make a greater contribution to the world around us, the work world, our personal world, like you mentioned, our relationships. So tell me about this book, The Transformative Power of Suggestion. How does it teach you how to tap into the creative and intuitive part of your mind, the unconscious mind? I mean, that sounds like an amazing endeavor. I have to read that book. I've looked at it. I mean, I did look at your reviews. They're good. But tell us a little bit about the book. It's my third book that I've written. It's all about the unconscious mind and how we can actually influence and persuade ourselves as well as others so that we can essentially achieve whatever we want. So this book mostly touches on the language that we can use. So the way we can think and talk to ourselves to achieve certain things and command ourselves a certain amount of excellence to do that and how to build rapport with others so we can help them do the same thing. And the one thing that it really teaches that's very, very important is we always want to do this to create a win-win situation. So we never want to manipulate or anything like that. We always want to make sure that we win and the other person wins because that's how we get better relationships, repeat business, better jobs, whatever it is. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Because integrity is everything, you know, being honest and having integrity is everything. And it's funny you're talking about this because I just got off the phone with somebody this morning that didn't have exact background for the job. But he said to my employer, he said, you know, I can do this. Do I have everything you're looking for? No, I don't. But let me tell you what I do have. I have the dedication, determination to learn this and do it and be one of the best employees you've ever had. And I think that's what we call the power of suggestion, isn't it? The power of the yeah. I think we can do whatever we set our mind to. My dad used to say that to me all the time. If you believe you can do it, you're going to do it. That's what we're talking about here. Is that what hypnosis does? I mean, I don't know that much about it. Yeah, hypnosis, a lot of people think of it as a certain state that we're in, that we have to be super relaxed or something like this. However, we can actually get into hypnosis just doing the dishes or everyday things. It's just when we have a heightened focus and awareness of the things around us. And this is what makes us more easily suggestible is because of this heightened focus and awareness. And yes, you can build beliefs and anyone looking for work or trying to expand their business or even a company looking to hire that they need to hold certain beliefs within themselves to actually get the results that they want. So a company, for example, they might think, hey, we deserve to have an applicant like you just mentioned, who's willing to take this risk because maybe they'll bring their whole book of business or we are good enough to attract who we want. So if they hold these certain beliefs, they'll get much better results. Oh, I agree. And I think right now, too, this podcast is perfectly timed because, Alex, we have what we call an unprecedented talent shortage, which means we don't have enough people right now to fill the jobs that are available. But when that happens, we have to look at retooling. We have to look at different methods of solving the problem. And one of those is looking at transferable skills. But for a candidate to be successful in that, they have to be able to have that power of suggestion. They have to be able to believe they can do it. More importantly, they have to even go further and communicate that. You know, we talked about a lot of things in the Blue Room when we had our preliminary discussion here. We talked about all the stresses at work, all the different kinds of challenges and stresses post-COVID. 
So what are ways that you believe you can de-stress at work that you said you had some research on? Yeah, I think one of the main ways that we can de-stress, the first thing we need to do is we need to recognize when we're actually getting stressed. So the physiological response that we're having. Let's say someone at work is having a deadline and they notice their breathing speeding up and it's in their chest as opposed to slower and lower in their stomach. This is the perfect opportunity for them to breathe differently, change their breathing, or they could do something like autogenic training, which is a technique which we do have lots of research on. And so you can actually check that out just at scholar.google.com. There's plenty of research on autogenic training, and it's a way to just create different sensations from within the body that are not actually the stress. So you might create a warmth and heaviness in your hands, or you might create a calmness and coolness in your forehead or your stomach or something like this. So people have a strategy in their mind to be stressed in certain situations. However, we can actually change that to be relaxed or calm or peaceful or motivated in these situations instead, just with these little techniques that take, I'd say, two minutes or less per day. So this is a more or less like a reprogramming of our mind yes. to get results that are more beneficial. Now, are these things somehow related to so much of what we hear about today? to meditation, to yoga, to those kinds of things? Or is this totally different from that? You could see it as more of a meditation than yoga because meditating, we're going within and maybe creating different thoughts or trying to create a sense of peace or calmness inside of us. Where this, you're actually creating what we would say are kinesthetic feelings. So it's our sense of feeling and touch and things like this inside the body. So it's similar. It's just more in a feelings-based way, I would say, that we're creating. And one of the things we talked about that's so funny, I just hung up the phone on a customer right now about this, is that how can companies, when they hire, ensure that people will stay? I mean, let me just add my two cents here. You're the expert, but I was just at a big company picnic of a client and they were so employee-focused. I think that's one of the certain ways for sure that people will stay with a company. But in your opinion, what do you think some of the variables could be that ensure when somebody hires somebody, they'll more than likely stay? Well, to bring this back to the mind that we were talking about earlier, I think it's important, like you say, to be employee focused. That could mean that the company actually understands the unconscious preferences that all the employees have. So if I were consulting a company, for example, I would want them to know certain things about each person so we know what might put them over a threshold which would cause them to leave or certain things that would really cause them to stay if they were to happen or how often do they change? Because some people, they don't like change. They like things more in a specific routine and other people, they like change. So if someone's in a job and they're the same all the time, maybe just changing their desk or changing what team they work with every once in a while will actually get them to stay because we're all programmed a certain way unconsciously. So if employers take the time to actually do some consulting and understand the unconscious preferences, I would say this would be a huge benefit and you would probably get your most important people to stay. I totally agree. What I'm hearing you say is that get to know where your people are, get to know what's important to them now. Obviously, we have goals to achieve as company owners, and we have to get 
things handled. But I think appreciation goes a long way. If somebody feels appreciated, if somebody feels understood, if somebody feels like you understand what's important to them and you try to help make that come to be, I think the people more than likely will stay with you longer than if you don't do that. Yeah, the main word there, important. If the company knows what's important to each person, they essentially know what they value, which means that they know what actually motivates all those people. So, I mean, how amazing would that be if all the people you were placing in a company, you had full faith that that company was going to be able to motivate them continuously? Of course, they would want to be placed in that job. I mean, I'm excited just talking about it. So I think that's really important as well at that specific word, importance. And then you talk about three beliefs you think a person needs when they're looking for work or when hiring. What do you think those three beliefs are? People need to think that they deserve it. This is a huge belief because the thing is, is we were all born limitless at one time. And from zero to seven, we essentially walked around like a sponge, a little unconscious mind, picking up a bunch of limitations of other people. So now it's time for us to be limitless again. So I totally deserve it. I'm more than good enough. I can make as much money as I want because a lot of people, they have limiting beliefs about money. So I would say those are probably three big ones that would really help most people get a job and also just have a certain level of curiosity and risk-taking. When you actually speak to people, you have this belief that the people you're talking to you're going to find them interesting and they're going to find you interesting as well. And this will help build a lot of beneficial relationships. You're right. One of my most favorite people in the world is Henry Ford. And Henry Ford said this famous quote, if you think you can or you can't, you're right. So again, that all starts in the mind. It's your belief. It's that power of suggestion. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's what I'm hearing you say. Actually, that exact quote I put up on one of my slides during the trainings I teach as well. So that was perfect that you brought that up. Great. So we talked about this in the blue room a little bit, Alex. There's a real challenge right now with remote work. I think people during COVID got used to working from home. And then post-COVID, a lot of my employers anyway, want them to go in to the office. So help me understand from your perspective, what you think some of the benefits of remote work are. Because a lot of my clients, a lot of recruiters I talk to, a lot of professionals. There's an article too, Harvard Business Review, a fat, the, um, Wall Street Journal, they all write about the benefits of being in the up. So help me yeah. understand what you think the benefits of remote work could be. I think the main benefit is the person's psychology. There was actually a study, some research done from 2015 on this exact topic about working in the same place as the other employees or working from home. And the most important thing to people in this research was actually their psychological feeling safe. This was the most important. A lot of people, of course, they're going to feel safe in their home. And I think another benefit is flexibility. The more we get into remote work and the more we kind of reach this tipping point, because sooner or later, maybe remote work is the absolute norm. And that's where everyone's going to be starting work. We don't know yet. However, this means that companies may start to let people work and start at any time of the day as long as they're meeting their numbers or their KPIs. So I think flexibility and having that feeling of safety and security, having that state of mind are two of the biggest benefits for people. But I think the other variable that I hear a lot about from my clients anyway is the word accountability. 
how do we make that accountability when you're remote? How do we make that so that people understand you got to be accountable? I mean, do we have more Zoom meetings with people? How do we enforce that accountability? Because that's what I hear anyway from my clients they have a challenge with. Yeah, I mean, Zoom meetings are one option. You can have catch-up calls with the team. For example, I know people, they work from home and there's certain metrics that they have to meet. It's pretty cut and dry whether they meet these certain numbers. This is another way to hold people accountable. Just like they were in an office, they would have certain numbers and things that they would have to meet. Depending on the job, if they have to be on the phone or something like this, they may have to have a certain amount of calls going out or a certain amount of time spent on the phone. So there is ways to track these things as well, even from remote setting. I believe when we talked in the Blue Room, you're originally from the California area, but you now live in Athens, Greece. Do you feel that you still are able, living in Athens, Greece, to have those contacts with people back in California and the U.S. and not lose any kind of relationship power and all that kind of stuff? I mean, I mean, I love Athens. Yeah. I, mean, I love it there, but I applaud you. It's a big step. <laughs> Move all the way to it, Athens. Have you felt like it's been positive for your career? It's definitely been positive. Because I look at everything of where can I find the opportunities where I go. So I was able to find some different opportunities here for me where I can still have contact with the states. I can work with local companies here as well as have clients from different parts of Europe and still in the U.S. So it works out to have contact with everyone and it does make it easy with Zoom and other things and messaging apps and things like this. The only thing is California, for example, it's a 10 hour time difference. So it's not always ideal to speak to certain people. You figure it out though, as you go. I've been here almost three years, so I have a pretty good grasp of it at this point. That's great. Something else we talked about too was, you said experience doesn't always matter. Someone with 20 years of experience can have one year of experience repeated 20 times. What does that mean exactly? For me, If I'm looking to hire someone, experience matters up to a certain extent. Just because someone says they have 20 years of experience, how can we determine that they're using the latest methods or they're getting that continuous training? This is something from reading your book that you point out a lot with the new job market and things like this. People have to constantly change and adapt. Are they trying new methods or are they just doing the same thing over and over? I want people that are willing to take risks and be curious about new things. That's who I want to personally work with. This actually matters more to me than experience. I agree with you. And sometimes too, people with 20 experience, they think they could rest on their laurels. They go in and maybe they're not as determined as someone who's really got a passion for this job and they really want to do it and they're going to work harder as opposed to somebody with 20 years has been there, done that, here I am. So I think that's important. I have to counter that all the time, that opposition from clients. In fact, again, the person I talked to today, I sent him two people, one with a lot of experience, one not with very much, but like very both of them, but they have the pluses and the minuses. So tell me about your other two books. We talked a little bit about the transformative power of suggestion, but what about your other two books? My first book is called How to Let Go of Negative Emotions. It essentially goes deep into the major negative emotions, which are anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt. It talks about how you can be programmed with these emotions and how you can release these emotions. This doesn't necessarily mean that you won't ever feel them again. It's just that when you feel them again, 
you'll tell a different story in your mind about these emotions and you'll deal with it in a much different way. My second book, it's pro-hypnosis scripts. So it's different hypnosis scripts that people can use with clients. Of course, we want to cater to the exact client's needs and use the words that they give us. However, this gives a good baseline to people who are just starting out to kind of instill that creativity in them and show them kind of like a guideline of how they can start working with clients. So a lot of new hypnotists pick up the book. Well, that's great. Well, Alex, I think what you're putting out there is invaluable. And I am so happy to know you. If people want to get to know you or get to find your books, tell us how do they do that? Do you have a website? Are you on LinkedIn? How can somebody connect with you? I'm pretty much everywhere. My website is AthensNLP.com. So just the city Athens and the NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. So AthensNLP.com. I am on LinkedIn. So you can just search my name, Alex Morgan. Also, I'm all over Instagram and YouTube and all these places too. So if you search Athens NLP Studies on YouTube, you can find me there as well. Well, all this information will also be on my website, com. So if you're driving right now and you missed that, you can go to my website and it'll be there too. So Alex, I always like to leave our listeners with two salient points. What would those two points be from you? I think one of the easiest ways for people to achieve what they want and really have control of how they feel and their results is they need to have a certain level of flexibility of behavior. We actually call this the law of requisite variety. So the person with the most flexibility in their behavior actually controls this system. So if I'm communicating with someone, I need to think, how can I be flexible? Because if my communication isn't getting across from them, I need to be flexible and be the expert and change it up to get it across to them how they want to hear it. So that's the first salient point. The second one, I think it's important for people as we're progressing and trying to get new results that we need to always ask for feedback. There's no failure. There's only feedback. I wasn't always the most open to feedback. Now I'm always asking for it. Like, hey, what can I do better? What did I do wrong? What do you think that can make this even better? So I think that asking for feedback and being open to it will really help you get what you want, especially for people going through an interview process. They need to know what did they do wrong if they didn't get the job or what can they do better to get the next one? Because when that dream job comes along, they're going to want to have all that feedback to get it. Right. Well, I think this is great. We're getting near the end here. And Alex, I am just so happy to know you. And I feel so privileged to have you on Career Can Do. We'll stay in touch. We thank you all for listening. This is Career Can Do. I'm Marianne Fairmouth. We'll see you all next time. Thank you so much, Alex. Great to know you. Thanks for having me. It's great to know you too. We thank you for tuning in to our Career Can Do podcast. We make no guarantees on results for your particular quest, but we hope you enjoy the information presented. The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely that of the guest or speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Varian Fairmouth and Fairmouth and Company. Thank you.